Welcome to Rich in Life, a podcast for anyone looking to be entertained while picking up a few tips on life, luxury, and resilience. And now your host, Rich Irani. Okay, so today I have a really special guest. And when I say special guest, I mean a really special guest, not like all the other times I've said it. And the only difference about this special guest is that he's wiser and older than the last time I said he was a special guest. And that would be me. Welcome to Rich in Life, guys. So I decided to sit and do an end of summer revelation. I have so many things that I've, I've really um, realized this summer. I always have revelations. I kind of stack them up in my head and then I kind of, you know, spill them all out. But one of the revelations I really had this morning when I went for a little run was that summer is too short. It's definitely too short. I don't, you know, in the winter, it goes by so slow. By April and May, I, I feel like I'm, and you know, even if we go away, I feel like it's already been two winters. So I feel like summer should be another month. I feel like it should start June 1st. And I know uh, probably some parents would probably disagree because they want maybe their kids home less. You know, we're lucky our kids go to camp. And I think that summer should start June 1st. Instead of all the energy we're, we're wasting on gender pronouns and kids having to get vaccinated in order to get back to school. I mean, where is the science in that? Anyway, I don't want to get into that now. Or even teaching kids critical race theory. I mean, all these things are passing legislation. All these things are becoming policies that are being implemented in our schools. But yet, just do something happy. Do something positive. Do something that's great. Make school one month shorter. That's all. That would be great. One extra month of camp. So that will probably be more expensive. I'm sure whoever goes to private school, they probably won't make it any cheaper, which would be the irony. The other revelation I had was about camp. I My kids always get on the bus. They always have gone on the bus. They've been fine getting on the bus. Throughout the summer, though, I always get these little comments, mainly from my son. I don't want to go to camp today. I'm not in the mood. This summer, he told me that he doesn't want to go to camp next summer. So this is something that I learned by talking to other people, talking to friends, talking to my sisters, my nieces. Kids don't like camp. I never realized that. I remember I didn't like camp, but I found out that kids don't like camp more than they don't like school. So here was my answer to my son when he said, before I pay, and he said this, before you pay, I'm telling you now I'm not going to camp. So I told him, no problem. Okay, if he's telling me he doesn't want to go to camp, no problem. So you're going to go to school next summer. There is a college that teaches young kids summer school. So you're going to go to school. He said, no, I don't want to go to school. I told him, it's either camp, school, or a doctor's office. That's the only way you're not going to go to camp. You're not staying home. So it's either camp or school, or if you're sick, you're going to be in a doctor's office. So that basically put the kibosh on any idea of him thinking he's not going to camp next summer. But I, I don't get it. I remember me not liking camp when I was young, but I always feel it's different. I think I feel like everything was different for me than it was for everybody else. The cute thing is my daughter comes home with little ripped notes 
right, Brad? She comes with little scraps of paper. And I'm thinking, what's on this little piece of paper that I'm about to throw out? And it's a phone number written in like a kid's thing. She gets her friend's phone numbers and gives them to me in order to make a play date, <laughs> which I find to be really cute. I used to get phone numbers too when I used to go out though to bars and stuff. I miss those days. But anyway, my son comes home with bruises. He comes home with bruises, with scratches. And I always ask him, how did you get that? Sometimes I even call the camp because I want to know how he got this bump on his head. It turns out either he jumped in the pool, he was horsing around with his friends. Then after play fighting, it turned into a little bit of real fighting, then play fighting again. So by the time he comes home, he's a little bit black and blue, scratch, has a bump on his head, but everything's fine. But it always goes back to every couple of days. I don't want to go to camp today. I don't know. To think that maybe he thinks in the back of his little mind, he's going to stay home and watch TV, watch YouTube or play games on the phone. No way that's not happening. The other thing that's kind of the bane of our existence in this household is food. <clears throat> that's one of my biggest um, pet peeves here in this household is food. I like to eat healthy. I'm a healthy eater and I like my kids to eat healthy. I don't really care anymore. I mean, I really just so don't care. I once asked the owner of a gourmet food place near me, what can I get for the kids? I'll get anything. Tell me I was buying food for the house. And I asked him, you know, what do the kids eat? He had everything there, you know, chicken nuggets, all kinds of things. And he said, without even missing a beat, nothing. They eat nothing. I left. I said, no, really? He said nothing. So I didn't buy anything else. It's funny because I remember a time when they would eat salmon. We'd go out to a restaurant. They'd eat a little bit of salmon. I was happy. They'd eat green beans. And then they turn, turns out he, they don't like green beans or they don't like salmon. They never liked the same thing at the same time. And everything is a passing fad with the kids, which is actually a good thing for me to realize because I don't get nervous about things anymore. I don't. I know whatever it is, it's going to pass in some point. The only thing that never passes is them liking ice cream or them wanting cookies. That doesn't pass, but the food always passes. It's funny, uh, Daniel Rosenberg from the Sods podcast was on my podcast, and he was telling me about Joe Rogan, how, you know, I'm not such a fan of Joe Rogan, but I think he is very funny. He was talking about if there are two bananas left and one of them is a rotten banana and the other one is a good one. If his kids like the banana, for sure, he's going to save the good one for his kids. But if his kids don't eat bananas and his wife does, he's going to eat the good one and leave the rotten one for his wife. I've literally become that person. I don't eat so many things now like strawberries because I know my daughter likes it and I don't want to eat any of the strawberries. Brad made a very big mistake, which he gets mad at me. You get mad at me when I talk about this. Uh, he bought cereal for my son that has chocolate and plain. So I think the plain part of the cereal, they look like uh, checks. So there's chocolate checks and plain. The plain one looks like vanilla, but I think it's supposed to maybe be a little healthier. So when they eat them both, they're getting in a little healthy. He's getting the chocolate flavor. In any case, what does my son do? He only eats the chocolate. All the arguing and all the trying to get him to eat it, of course, I gave up. So he just eats a half a box of cereal and then we throw out the rest all the time. He picks at it, we throw the rest away and, and that's what it's come to. So since then I've been buying every kind of uh, cereal that I can find that might have some nutrition in it. 
chocolate. And so far, none of them he likes, none by Kashi or any of the other ones. I wound up giving all my cereals to my next door neighbor. The other thing was my chocolate covered graham crackers. I mean, for people that listen to the show know that one of my obsessions with um, junk is my chocolate covered graham crackers that by Asher's. I've been eating them for years and I stock up on them. And I've talked about this. When I run out of chocolate covered grams, I used to leave my office to go. There was like two stores near me that would have them. And if they didn't have them, I used to want to put, I used to want to burn down the stores. That's how addicted I was. In any case, now I stock up on them and my kids love them. Both of them actually like the same thing. So what do I do now? They've even ruined that for me. Now, every time I go to get my chocolate covered grams, I'm like, oh, they might want one later. So they've even ruined that for me. I used to hide. I used to hide when I used to eat them. Remember that, Brad? I used to tell them it's nap time. It's nap time, even when it wasn't nap time, because I wanted to get my cookies out and start eating them. I think they thought you made them. Well, I used to pretend, Brad said, Brad said that they thought I made them. No, they used to think that I bought those cookies because I never showed them the bag. Anytime they would, you know, say they would want one on a special occasion, let's say, or on a Sunday, I take a few out of the bag, I put them in another little bag and pretend that I bought them from the store. I never wanted my kids to think that it was so easy to have cookies at home, that there was a bag. And then what happened? I, I went to a store here in New Jersey somewhere and they were like, you know, what? Uh, there were like $3 less a bag, literally $3 less, maybe more. So I stocked up and I bought a whole bunch of bags and then it was over for me. They realized what the bag looked like. It's a brown bag. It's not a fun, colorful Oreo cookie bag. You wouldn't even know there were cookies in there, but they discovered that that's what the bag looked like. So when we come down sometimes in the morning and I see the stool in the kitchen and drawers open, they're climbing because I keep them in the very top over the refrigerator. It amazes me how they have such a memory and every morning they try to find it and I keep having to hide the cookies. I've learned it's just easier to leave everything on the table. Just leave the junk on the table for them. This way I don't have to get up. I don't have to do anything. But I guess because I'm so controlling that I like to make things organized. I like to buy organic fruit. So we, Brad and I like to wash a little bit as they go along but we never seem to wash enough. And my daughter sits at the bar here at the house thinking she's at the bar at Le Cirque. No matter what I put in front of her, I always forgot something or she wants more water or if there's pasta there, she needs olive oil or more olive oil, salt. It really does drive me crazy. We sound like chefs. Yeah, we sound like chefs. We're really not chefs at all. I mean, Brad does most of the cooking or all of the cooking, but... um. You know, the kids change what they like to eat so often with the exception of pasta. That's something that always seems to stay the same. But I will say, here's a good tip for people out there. By accident, I once put lemon, I squeezed fresh lemon on apples because as I said, I like to buy organic fruit. I don't like to waste it. So when I wash an apple and I cut it up into apple sticks, I'll squeeze a little bit of lemon on it so it doesn't get rotten so quickly. As it turned out, they loved the flavor of the lemon on it. it. I guess it added extra flavor or an extra kick. And what I started to do is put it on most of their fruit, like the strawberries. I squeeze lemon on cut up strawberries. I squeeze lemon on the apples. I don't know how my son came across frozen mangoes. I mean, that must have been a Brad thing because I've never bought a frozen mango and never even had a mango, but somehow he likes frozen mangoes. So I even squeeze lemon on that. 
And what I like about that is it might be my imagination, but it seems like they have colds less often than they used to. So I thought that was um I thought that was an interesting thing to get them used to was putting lemon on all these uh things. Cucumbers. cucumbers, that's right. We also put lemon on cucumbers and they love cucumbers. Another revelation I had was you cannot clean up right after they eat. When you clean up the countertop after they eat and you put everything away and you clean the counter, 10 minutes later they turn around and they say they're hungry again. So I don't know if it's I'm paranoid because they see a clean they see a clean counter, but they clean they see a clean surface. So now all of a sudden they're hungry again. So my new thing after getting aggravated weekend after weekend, because you know it's mostly weekends when they're home, I decided to leave the cereal, the crumbs, everything on the counter. And you know what? It kind of worked. They'd watch TV, they'd play around, they'd come back, they'd look, and I guess they figured they just ate breakfast because everything was still there. So that's kind of my trick. They just don't like to see a clean counter. When they do, they think it's time to eat again. And also, I'm not the type to serve. I, you know, I can do it for an evening. I can do it when we have people over. But as a regular thing, I don't like to serve. I'm not the type to wait on my kids or anyone hand and foot. I'm just not the type. I'll give, I'll put everything on the table, but no matter what we put on the table, I just always feel like either I forgot something or they want more of it. And I don't know why, Brad, we, we don't do what I think um, other people do. Like my sisters put everything on the table so they can just keep helping themselves. You know, we make plates for them kind of, we should start doing that. And just who cares if we waste food? I just, I don't know how much I can deal with walking back and forth and washing and cleaning. Even their hair, I know even with my daughter, even that changes all the time. She went from when I used to put her hair in a ponytail, no high ponytail, no high ponytail. So I put her hair in a low ponytail. And, you know, I'm not a fan of the low ponytail, of course, until I watched that amazing movie with Blake Lively. What was it called? A Simple Favor. If anyone has not seen the movie, you have to see it. It was very entertaining. And if you have seen the movie, definitely see the movie again because it'll inspire you to start getting dressed up. I mean, Ralph Lauren did the clothes and I think uh, what they did was they pulled out old men's, uh, not men's, they pulled out women's suits that he designed from the archives. So in one scene, she pulls off a dickie off of her three-piece suit and starts making a martini. I mean, it was such a great scene. The whole movie was great. You got to watch it. In any case, Blake Lively had her hair in this low ponytail that was so styled I decided that's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to get annoyed with a low pony. You know, it's a little bit tighter on the sides. It's a little, you know, puffier on top. I have to sneak that in because she doesn't like that. But then what I do is I twist the bottom also. Um, but as soon as I mastered that, as soon as I mastered that low ponytail, she changed again and started screaming, do a high ponytail, no low ponytail, a high ponytail. Okay, so that was fine with me because I like the high ponytail and I kind of did it a little bit like I dream of Jeannie. It goes very high. And then again, instead of doing a braid, I don't like putting um, braids in the nighttime because the next day if she takes them out, her hair looks frizzy on the bottom and straight on top. It just doesn't work. So what I did, and here's another good tip, is that it goes, I put her hair in a high ponytail and then I twist her hair. I just twist it. 
you know, it doesn't stay twisted, but after it unravels a little, you twist it again, you put cream on it, and it pretty much stays. And once it's dry, the next day, if you pull the um, if you pull the headband, the scrunchie out, it almost looks like that Rita Hayworth wave. You're giving it that Rita Hayworth wave instead of that um, frizzy thing. So that was a good revelation. That was something great that I, a trick that I learned because it makes doing the hair in the morning even easier. The only thing that she really stuck to her guns with, right, Brad? She never changed was the collar thing. She's still no collar. No collar. No collar. She's getting me back for something, maybe she because likes color, but no collar. She likes color, just no collar. I'm the opposite. I don't like color, and I want her to wear a collar. I, I really think she's getting me back for all the pictures she sees of herself, or maybe she remembers of all those little Peter Pan collars we used to put on the two of them because I like that French baby, that French looking thing. So she's still with the no collar thing. And, you know, especially even after the movie, A Simple Favor, where Blake Lively wears all these men's suits. It's so chic to see a collar, especially when you're mixing it with feminine and, and you know, uh, skirts and a blazer. But anyway, she doesn't want collars anymore. So I even showed her movies, actually. Did you know that, Brad? No. I didn't put on the volume because there was a lot of cursing, but I did show her snippets of Blake Lively walking around, you know, with those beautiful clothing and the collars and it didn't do it. What could I tell you? When her friends start wearing collars, she'll start wearing collars. Yeah, well, that's, yeah, that's what we say. If she sees a friend do it, that's when they're going to do it. I don't know why they like to copy their friends. They see their friends in school and then they want to copy them, which is why I'm all for uniforms. And I said this before, I know people hate uniforms. Our kids go to a private school, but of course our private school has to be pluralistic, which means like they like people to express their freedom. I agree. Express your freedom as long as it doesn't affect me negatively in any way. And them having to wear different clothes every day drives me crazy. And then they see other kids in leggings and t-shirts, which is essentially pajamas. And I don't like my kids to go out in pajamas, but we figure it out. But yeah, if kids did go to school in, you know, more dressed up with a collar or a blazer, you know, the, my daughter would probably more inclined to follow them, even if it wasn't a uniform school. But no such luck with that. My son keeps asking for a mohawk. He keeps asking for a mohawk. And I took him for a haircut. I took him to a really great place called Swagger and Blade. And he asked me, do I want a real mohawk? I was like, well, I don't know what the difference is. Not a real one. Apparently, my son pulled up a picture on my phone. He wants the mohawk where you take the gel and you lift it up, like literally punk rockers from the 80s, where you have to take it and, and make his hair stand straight up. I mean, really, who has like time for that? What? To look like a saw blade. Yeah, like a saw blade. Exactly. I mean, I don't have patience for that. I can't deal with two demanding kids. I can deal with one bitch at a time, not two. I just can't deal with it. So I said to give him a faux hawk. You know, he complained a little. He wanted the real one. Then we tried to lift his hair up with gel. It didn't work. I don't know. I don't remember what happened. I probably took a clonopin, had a whiskey, and everything was fine after that. Another one of the things that I decided I hated this summer is fake tattoos and face painting. Hate it. Hate it as much as baking class. 
You know, if you take your kids to after school class, they have these special things. If you want to, you know, keep your kids there an extra hour to, you know, socialize with other kids, they have these classes. And it's never like Taekwondo or Krav Magav, or it's never teaching you how to do the taxes or clean the gutters out of the roof. It's like dumb shit like baking. Why do I want my kid to sit at a table tasting chocolate chips and sugar, sitting there doing something so useless? And I know I don't want to hear. I know so many of my friends, their kids take baking and they think I'm wrong. It's great. Not my thing. Kids need to be moving. They need to move. They need to be doing something better if it's something that can help me. Teach them how to do the laundry. How about that? That would be a great class. Let them learn how to do laundry. But no such luck. Anyway, I'm really kidding about the laundry class and the tax class. I mean, I don't know. No, I'm not really, I'm half kidding. I just wish there were better classes for kids. That could be something that would be useful to them and fun and useful for me. But our kids did take soccer. They did take a little bit of self-defense. And that's good. I think we're going to continue that once the fall comes, right, Brad? We got to find some good teachers, especially for our son. Another revelation I had this summer is I'm not going to kill myself working out anymore. I realized I'm not getting paid to take my clothes off. I never was. So what was I doing? I was running seven miles, working out like a monster as if I was getting paid to show my body without clothes on. So that shit stopped this summer. I still work out, but I'm not killing myself anymore. And you know what? I really feel that when you do it long enough, your body has this muscle memory and it really kind of stays that way. As long as you're, you know, continually working out, you don't have to work out as hard, but I think if you stay a certain weight and your body stays at a certain muscle capacity, if you continue to do it less, it really, I, I think there is a memory. So yeah, that's another thing I'm not doing. But you're not changing your diet. You're keeping your your food right. intake the same or similar. Right. Brad, Brad, can you sit closer so you can chime in and I don't have to repeat what you say? Brad is saying that I'm keeping my diet. I don't, you know, I don't want you to think that I'm now eating hello. Twinkies. Well, hello. Um, no, I, my diet is the same. I eat the same, I, which is, you know, practically very little food, salads, but then I like my cakes. I like my cookies. And that's what I, that's kind of where I like to put my, um, my enjoyment. I'm not really, I don't really enjoy fish and salad that much, you know, you know, I enjoy French fries and stuff like that, but I think you're, I think you're alone in that. Most people don't. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm very unique. Very I'm very unique. unique. No, I'm unique in the fact that I'm able to do that. Right. I'm able to go to a restaurant. I'm able to go to a really nice restaurant, like let's say Bill's cafe and tell them I want the salmon clean, no oil, no butter dry. Can I get my vegetables steamed? And he knows already that I'm very health conscious. And then he says, I guess no dessert. I'm like, no, I'll have dessert <laughs> after the whole meat, no meat, no cheese, no dairy. Then I'm like, no, can I get that? What is it? Gelato? Can I have it? Can I have the cake a la mode? Right. You know, then they literally wish they can go back and spit on my food. Well, you have to convince the chef to cook it well done first, but. All right. Right. And I always say, but here's the thing, guys, if you're going to, you know, get a fish at a, at a nice restaurant where I guess they buy great quality fish. And if the fish is served rare, which is how the chef likes to make it, and you like it well done, which is essentially we're killing the fish, what you have to tell them, which is what we just told them last night, we went to a place called Nettie's. 
Nettie's. Yeah, we went to a place called Nettie's last night. It was actually very cute, Delicious. very Hamptons, very, yeah, it was very good. They had a special, they had this big salmon that was shared for two people. It basically looked like two tiny little pieces of- These two water. markers. <laughs> well, first can't see it. Yeah, there were two tiny little pieces of salmon. It was delicious, but you know, I forgot what my point was. Oh, they didn't want to cook it through. So I told them, I promise we won't return it. Just cook it well done. That usually works. It didn't work last night, but usually that works. So say, listen, I like it well done. If they say the chef doesn't do it, say, I won't return it. I promise. Just cook it through. Maybe they thought we were saying we want it for two. <laughs> no, they, they knew exactly what we were saying, but they were not having it. In any case, so we ate it. It took only two bites. And then I, I ate most of the bread and of course drank the martinis. Another revelation I have, guys, and I don't know if anyone has experienced this, of is barking dogs. Does anyone have any barking dogs next to them? And not just barking dogs, barking dogs who are outside on a porch all day, barking, and they bark every time another dog comes. So we have, across the street from us, three houses in a row that all have barking dogs. And every time another dog or a person or a male person comes by that they don't recognize, or I don't know what their reasoning is. I can't get inside a dog's head, but the barking starts from down the street and to each house, the barking. And what I don't get is how the owners of these dogs think that it's okay. It's like being on a plane with crying babies, but the plane never lands. You're on that plane all the time. But I have a question. So if you know your dog barks when another dog is walking down the street, wouldn't you put it inside first? Because you can see down the street before the dog smells the other dog. I wouldn't want to be bothered that often. I would either A, not have a dog. I'd have the dog keep it inside. Or C, what your mom said, which is great, is there is a little, what is it called? You kind of, yes, you zap them. You zap them. That's how you train them. You zap them just a little. I'm not saying you electrocute the dog. Oh, you, oh, oh. you're you, saying you train them not Train to them to zap them a little bit so they know they don't bark. I, I don't understand how people think it's okay. Do you remember we went well, to Palm these Springs? Are not guard, these are not guard dogs, by the way. No, I know they're not do no, I'm just saying guard some, dogs. Some people have dogs to be protection guard dogs. Yeah, but we don't live in those neighborhoods. Thank God we don't need to live in neighborhoods where people need guard dogs. We don't. And so that's what I really kind of want to, you know, tell everybody around me. We don't need these loud barking dogs. And I was getting, I want to get back to, do you remember when we took the kids at six months to Palm Springs? I do. We were so nervous, even though it wasn't their first time on a plane, but there were six months, which, you know, it was different than bringing them home after they were born. After they were born, they, you know, they slept, slept the whole, the time. right. So what did we do? Because I was so nervous and worried about the people around us that we got little gift bags for a lot of the seats around us, in the front of us, on the side of us, and in back of us. Right. And what did we put in? We put in chocolates, lollipops, earplugs, in case they need the earplugs. Earplugs, I don't know. And a note saying, you know, from the kids, we made it like the notes were from the kids. We said, I'm sorry, we're only six months. We may cry. Please forgive us. And, you know, something cute. I don't remember. I was just, you know, trying to be nice. I was just hoping that they didn't cry, which they didn't. No, that time they didn't. That time they didn't. It's when we didn't bring the note that they cried. <laughs> no, they were never bad on a plane at all. They were never bad on a plane. Thank God, uh, you know. 
but yeah, it's, it's that same consideration for other people. So it still amazes me. And I always talk about putting your best foot forward, which is why I've never, I've held in the rage to them. I usually just go in back into the house and close the door. When I hear so this is about revelations, not rage relations. This is about rage relations <laughs> because <laughs> yes, that's, that's, that's one of the things I'd like to do is I'd really like to tell them in a polite way. Can you really take the dog inside? You know, we can hear you. We can hear the dog. Right. I don't know what makes them think that that's okay. And you know, what's weird. It seems like there are more dogs than there are houses. How many dogs are in each house? I don't know. Or it just seems like they're walking from other communities to come walk in this neighborhood with a dog. I've, I mean, I've never noticed it until these dogs started barking that everyone that walks by is with a dog. And I, I want to count the houses one day. One day when we're not busy, let's do that. Let's count how many houses, and then I want to count how many dogs. All right, I'll put that on the list. Yeah. The day when we're not busy. Exactly. <laughs> Brushing and flossing, sunblock. And mind you, I don't want to get emails or DMs or anything that I don't like dogs. I like dogs. I don't mind dogs. It's the owners I have the problem with. Listen, what do I always well, preach the dogs on the show? DMing you. Maybe you should. <laughs> maybe you should not like dogs, but like the owners of dogs. Dogs aren't going to DM you. Yeah. Well, the problem is, is that it's just a dog. It's the owners that have to really be considerate of other, right. other people, right. obviously. Right. And. I don't know. Anyway, I don't know. I don't know where to go with this anymore. I like dogs. I don't mind them at all. I just feel like, you know, I've talked about, I've talked about this a lot on the show. You have to put your best foot forward, which is why I always say, I'm not, you tell me, why don't you say something? I say, you know what, let's just, you know, go in the house. Let's close the door. And I still hear them from in the house, but it's less annoying. Right. But I'm surprised they don't. When I say put your best foot forward, I don't only mean it for me to do it. I mean it for other people to do it. I mean, I talk about it on the show to put your best foot forward because my neighbors are nice. They're nice. I mean, some of them, there's one that we know that is one of the nicest couples you've ever met. They're older, but I can't see them as being nice. I look at them and every time I look at them and make small talk, I'm thinking to myself, how rude and inconsiderate could you be to be talking to me as if you didn't realize your dog was on your porch barking from six in the morning? So that's when I tell people you have to put your best foot forward. You do, because what happens is that you could be the nicest person in the world. You could be, you know, saving dogs. You could be, you know, helping the homeless, helping the needy, feeding the hungry. But if you do something that's rude that irritates right uncomfortable or irritates them and i've said this on the show like talking at the gym on your phone loudly for 30 minutes while you're on there when you do that you're only known as the idiot who was inconsiderate and i've said that before there are a few people in the city who i always see and i only know them as one thing the very inconsiderate people that talks on the phone or the inconsiderate person that cuts you off that's why you got to put your best foot forward. I mean, like I say, I don't always do it, but I damn try. I also have a revelation about TV, Brad, and you know what that is. What is it? Um, that it's not always on. Correct. Ding, 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 ding. ding. The TV is not always on. I'm not, it is, actually, no, you're wrong. It is always on. 
But if I watch Ricky, Nikki, Dicky, and Dawn, I'm going to freaking Nikki, Dicky my head off because that's what the kids watch. And YouTube, which I loathe. They watch, what is this? This ninja? What are those spy ninjas? Is that what they are? Chad Ward. Oh my goodness. I got to get him on the show just to really tell him how irritating (laughs) his. We really should try to get him on the show. I'm sure he'll love to be a guest to be scorned. (laughs) No, I won't. I'll be nicer about it. But I'm going to tell them, do you have to scream so loud throughout the entire show? done well for himself i know he has so yeah i find i don't watch enough tv and i always say i don't drink enough and i don't mean water i mean alcohol so i gotta start doing that those are my other revelations i do like to watch a lot of um international television i found the network acorn which i watched a couple of shows on which i like there was keeping faith the cry the drowning i mean those are old but if you haven't watched it, they're worth watching. I really do like um, Acorn Network because it has all of UK. You know, it has, you know, Ireland shows. And, you know, a lot of them are filmed on like the coast of either island where the, I mean, it's just beautiful. Scotland, Ireland, Scotland, Ireland and uh, London. I mean, just all of it. It's beautiful. The accents are nice. And you don't recognize the actors. So you don't really catch them acting quote unquote right because that's my big problem my big problem a lot of time when i see american actors is i kind of catch them acting and the reason why i catch them acting and i know brad's cringing he doesn't want me to say anything but i see them acting because i know so much about them when i know too much about you and you're on youtube whining about stuff when the first character that you're watching is the first introduction to the person then you believe that character. If you know what they are behind the scenes, then sometimes inflections or idiosyncrasies come out in the character that they're playing. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, is is that what I'm saying? I don't know if that's what I'm saying. All I'm saying is that some of the American actors, I just know too much about them. What happened to the days of Marilyn Monroe? Okay, we know she had an affair with the Kennedy. Okay, he was a Democrat, but nobody screened anything about Democrats, Republican, woke, not woke. There was no divisiveness in the country. There was just divisiveness between John's wife. What was her name again? Hmm. I forgot, whatever. Uh, How did I forget her name? Anyway, between Marilyn Monroe and the Kennedys. That's where the friction was. It had nothing to do with politics. I miss the days of the old acting because all you knew was that they were artists. They were artists. Anyway, so going back to Acorn, the network, they have these new shows coming out that I want to see. One is called Upper Middle Bogan, which seems very interesting in the Capitol. So those are new. I want to watch those. We'll get right on that. I want to get on that. Um, What else have we been watching? We're watching something very silly. It's a 30 minute show. It's called Kim's Convenience on Netflix. It's so I'm embarrassed to say it. But the fact that I plowed through that in what, a week? Five seasons. I plowed through five seasons in a week. I don't know why, but it was funny. It was funny. Anyway, guys, it's way past our lunchtime. I think I've spoken enough. I've complained enough. I want you to remember, and I want me to remember, so I'm going to say it out loud just so I can remember, that the grass is not always greener. And one size doesn't fit all. What's good for other people may not be good for us. Right, Brad? May not be good for our kids. Right. You have to judge for yourself what's good for your family. Yeah. You know what we didn't touch on? No. I want to ask people this, and if you have any answers, please feel free to DM me on Instagram. Why do my kids, actually, why do our kids still come into our bed at night? I'm trying to figure out why they're still coming in. They're seven years old. 
Now, just for to get the picture, I just want people to visualize my side of the bed is always closest to the door for some reason. You're always ready to escape. Yes, I'm always ready to escape. Or what about I'm more there to protect, to jump up and run? I'm a lighter sleeper. Interesting. Sure. So now our son always goes to Brad's side of the bed. Always. Sometimes he tries that little trick of coming in at 1130, where like we shut that down. He goes right back to bed. You know, that can happen. But then, of course, a couple of hours later, he comes back in and goes, walks around me and goes all the way to Brad's side of the bed. I find that so interesting. Every single night he does it. It says a lot about how much he how much he must hate me. I don't know. What does it say about him or how much he loves you? Maybe. What is it? Uh, What is it? I think just a. I don't know. All right. Time's up. So now my daughter. My daughter has this habit of walking into my room, but she only waits till I'm sleeping. Mm-hmm. You know, I, cause I'm up, I, I'm, I'm not a great sleeper. Even if my eyes are closed, my brain is going, I'm thinking, but sometimes I fall into a deep sleep. I would say between probably 1130, 12 and about four in the morning, I think I'm in my deep sleep. Somehow she waits for my deep sleep. And she wants to make sure she gets me while I'm still in the deep sleep. She comes in in the middle of the night and hits my pillow. She just hits my pillow. So, uh, of course, I almost have a heart attack and I go, ah! Yeah. And I, I look at her, what? And she just wants you me to get startled easily. I, I don't, but I get no. scared when I'm in I mean, a dead sleep. In dead sleep. Yeah. Anyway, so what do I do? I, I made the mistake the first few times of picking her up when she was very young and putting her in the middle of the bed. Yeah. So she doesn't climb in. She got lazy. So now she's still, she hits my thing, my pillow sometimes. And I get scared. I pick her up and I put her in the middle because I can't be in the middle. Right. So I put her in the middle. But I've come to a revelation that I started doing again. I remember telling Trish this. Trish was our nurse slash nanny who probably wanted to slash her wrist after four and a half years. But I used to tell her because she spoiled the kids. She would get up at sometimes 5.30, a quarter to six in the morning. And our daughter would wake her up and she would get up with her. And I would tell Trish, Trish, you can't do that. Because when you're not here one day or on your days off, I'm not getting up at 5.30, a quarter to six in the morning. I told her, she goes, what do you want me to do? I said, play dead, play dead, play dead like you're at a concert in Las Vegas and there's a gunman above you in out of what is it, the Wynn Hotel or whatever hotel, shooting down at you, play dead. So I try to do that with my kids every whenever I can. I, I play dead because I don't want them to think that I'm just going to get up and at 5.45 in the morning or 5.30 and just, you know, placate them for what they want to do. Maybe we should find a sport as they get older that requires early exercise, like swim team or something. You just have to go to swim team at five in the morning. Yeah, but that would require us, one of us having to get up and do that, which you know, it's not going to be me anyway. So yeah, I'm good with that idea. The other thing that's crazy too, is that when we put them back in bed, and by we, I say Brad, when Brad puts them back in bed, ding, ding, ding. what's crazy is that I'll, of course I'm up because I'm a light sleeper. So when he gets back in the bed, I tell them, is everything okay? How long do you think this is going to, and he's already sleeping. Yeah. I mean, I can't even finish a sentence and his head hits the pillow and he's sleeping. So it makes me feel less guilty waking him up every single time to take them back to their bed when we do that. Listen, we 
it was very difficult in the beginning for them to come into our bed. It really was in the beginning. I was not sleeping. When you get past the lack of sleep, it's different. You know, I think I've already um, passed the whole not sleeping and I'm used to it. I'm accustomed to it. You know, I think I'd be heartbroken if they stop coming into the bed. You know, I'd like for them to come at maybe six in the morning instead of two in the morning, three in the morning. But I, I do like having the open door policy. I don't want them to, I never wanted them to feel like you can't come in our room. But I did tell them, you heard me the other night. I actually told the kids, I said, listen, you can come in the room. But after you wake up one time, go back to sleep. After you wake up the second time, if you wake up and you want to come into the bed, go back to sleep. If you wake up the third time, you can come in our bed. So I told them that. And guess what? They did it after the first time. <laughs> they did it after the first time. It didn't work. I don't know. Sometimes I think, did we get lemons? I don't know. No. But here's the crazy thing. When I take them back to the bed sometimes, which is... No, but they're good going back to the bed. They are. They, I mean, they they're very good in general. I make jokes about it. So kids, if you're listening to this in, I don't know, 20, 30 years when I'm dead, you know how much I love you. I don't have to tell you on this thing. But um, when I take them back to their bed, I'm so tired. I could lift weights. Listen, when I'm at the gym, I know you're hungry. We're going to finish up in a minute, but listen, I just want to finish this part. I could lift weights at a gym. I could lift a lot of weight, but for some reason, lifting my kids, they're not even as much weight as I lift, but I can't do it. I'm lazy. I could run, but I don't like to walk to the grocery store. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of things that I can do when I'm set to do it, but I can't do it. When I take them to their bed, I must hit every door jam with their head and their headboard. Because by the time I put them down, cover them, turn around, scratch my head, lower the lights, I walk back to our room and they're there. Yep. I actually get scared. I look at you, ah, they're so stealth. How do they get past me they're and back quiet. into the bed? Yeah, very quietly and very stealth. They, they creep back into the bed and I'm thinking, wait, there can't be four of them. I know there's only two. So they know how to do that. They know how to get back to the bed. I, I don't know how they do it. I don't know how much longer they're going to get in the bed with us, but I got to tell you, and I'm saying this on air, the day they stop, I'm going to be heartbroken. I'm probably going to climb into their bed. What, when they're 20? <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to be climbing into their bed. Imagine they're married. I'm going to be sneaking in between them and their spouse. You'll be climbing into their bed at 20 and they'll be, uh, they'll be already like out, out of the bed down the street. Yeah, who knows? All right. Anyway, I feel like we, the last time we ate was yesterday. So I think it's time for lunch. Guys, remember, putting your best foot forward is essential in order to be perceived in a way that makes you look good after you drop dead. They'll have nice things to say about you, not you let your dogs out barking all morning and all night. So you're living your best life for your obituary. Yes. I, you know what? That's a good one. I like that. I like that. And you know what, Brad? At your funeral, <laughs> I'm going to recite that. I'm going to repeat that at your funeral for you. How do you like that? Um, the other thing was the grass is not always greener, which we spoke about already. And I know that because I get so aggravated looking at sometimes other people's kids. Why are they not climbing into the bed? Why are they eating salmon? Why are they eating sushi? And I say the grass isn't always greener and one size doesn't fit all. What's good for Brad? It's not good for me. What's good for somebody else may not be good for me. What do you think about that? So on that note, guys, try to keep all that in mind. Try and think about what we're going to do to make everything in the future better for us and our families. That's what I think. So on to the fall. On to the fall and less complaining, Brad. You complain way too much.
Thanks, guys. You've been listening to Rich in Life with Rich Arani. If you liked what you've heard, click subscribe so you don't miss out on future episodes. Or visit us at richinlife.com. That's R-I-T-C-H in life.com.